Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Daniel Benoit, here to bring you another episode that was recorded live on YouTube, on YouTube channel Bigfoot Zone ECBRO. Your show is brought to you by the East Coast Bigfoot Researchers Organization, the ECBRO. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and relax and prepare for a new episode. And feel free to follow yours truly, Daniel Benoit, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to visit the website at ecbrofounder.com. Thank you. Now enjoy. Well, hello everybody. We got a audience that's growing. I'm glad you guys could be here. This is not our typical podcast night. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'll be out of town this weekend. One of the things we got going on this coming weekend, if you uh, if you haven't been keeping up with upcoming events, the uh, South Carolina Bigfoot Festival is happening 13th and 14th. Yes, October 13th and 14th. And I'll be headed down this weekend for that event. Uh, it's an event I attend every year. I speak there, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the regulars and plus meet new people, as I always do. Um, a little bit about that event here. Uh, yes, uh, for those who know Michael Cook of Cook Cryptid Research and also the creator of Sasquatch, S-O-S-S Squatch, all one word. It's some of the best barbecue sauce and hot sauce that I have ever tasted. And if you have not experienced Sasquatch, you need to check that out. There is a Facebook page for Sasquatch. And go on there. There is a website. You can go directly to the website at SasquatchLLC.com and check that out. Um, actually, Sasquatch.com. Sasquatch LLC is the Facebook page itself. So, yes, October 13th and 14th, you'll find me and Michael Cook set up beside each other. Uh right in front of the building where we will be speaking at. Um, there are actually two different times that we will both be speaking. Um, I think my first time's around, I think it's around one o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to double check, but times will be posted on the South Carolina Bigfoot Festival Facebook page um, and the event website, I believe. So if you're in and around the area, or if you'd like to travel, come check that out. Um, one thing, too, also to remind everybody, coming up for next year, we are promoting this, our annual ECBRO Virginia Bigfoot Conference 2024, June 14th and the 15th. There'll be all Bigfoot paranormal cryptids and the unknown, a variety of vendors, plus the guest speakers, food, and more. At the same venue at the Wares Cave Community Center in Wares Cave, Virginia. So if you want any other information, if you want to continue to follow that, we do have the Facebook event page. Uh, you can check that out and browse through that. Any questions you may have, your answers are on that page. Or visit the website itself at vabigfootcon.com. All right. And then I know we have people in the live chat. Hello, Melissa. Hey, David. Uh, we have 
two people that are on the live chat, Melissa and David, are both there. Uh, we got other viewers here. And tonight we have a special guest with us, uh, Linda, Linda Sigmund. And we're going to be talking to her very shortly. Um, let me see here. Ah, there she is backstage. We're about to bring her in right now. Hi. Hello, Linda. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad you could be here. Uh, Thank I you. do have absolutely one of the things I have to ask. I ask every guest, do I sound okay to you? You sound great. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Very loud and clear. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. This is good to have you here. And uh, like you heard me say in the beginning, uh, this is not my normal podcast night. So I uh, know me. I do this on Friday nights, but, um, you know, I'm not a. It's no big deal. To, uh, it works in my favor to make that adjustment. So um, so we may actually have different viewers than we normally have because um, we have our regular scheduled viewers that come on every Friday night with us. But uh, being that it's a Monday night, I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. Um, and if you're just now jumping on, I'll be watching the live chat uh, the best I can. So anyway, um, I try not to drag it out too long in the beginning. Uh so, Linda, you are from West Virginia, is that correct? Yes, I live in Parkersburg. I've lived here for almost six years. Okay, Parkersburg. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, that's probably in the, yeah, the northwestern part of West Virginia, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not, not far from Marietta, Ohio, if, if you're familiar with Marietta, and about an hour from Charleston. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Very good. So uh, here, you know, on Bigfoot Zone, we're here to talk about Bigfoot, and I'm sure, you know, and we do mix it up. We have uh, some of our guests have experiences in other fields, which we always love to have, uh, you know, hear and learn about that. Um, you know, I know you're well involved with Bigfoot as far as following and researching and whatnot, but yeah, uh, I, I got to ask you, uh, well, how long have you been involved and what exactly got you involved in this whole subject? Well, I have a lot of uh, paranormal activity that has followed me around all my life. Um, I was one of the original Mothman's um, encounters in 1967, oh. and I spoke at the Mothman Festival this year for the first time. Um, but uh, I've always been interested in Bigfoot, but after I saw Mothman, um, it just sort of opened up a new venue for me. And uh, then when the Patterson-Gimlin film came out about the same year, I, uh, I started doing a little bit of research about that. And then I kind of went to the side and I had a family and, and um, uh, different things and they grew up. And, and then I got a computer in 2015 and I started doing research uh, about the paranormal, try to find out more answers about what all was happening with me as far as spirits and, and um, uh, just all kinds of things that, that I encounter. And so uh, I got a divorce in uh, 2016 and I moved out here. And just about as soon as I moved out here, I started having activity. Well, I was out here by myself and uh, I just thought, well, it's my imagination. But it started almost from the first time that I moved out here. And my home is on a hillside in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. 
Mm. Behind me is a small creek called Badgley Creek. And because I'm interested in the outdoors and nature, collecting rocks and different things, I walk that creek. And I've walked it daily from the time I've been out here. And I walk out there even in the wintertime if I can. And I started having a lot of, of uh, strange things happen. But the first thing that happened to me was down in my bedroom. Uh, in the corner of uh, my bedroom, I started getting knocking on the on the wall. What's well, not oh. an outside wall. <laughs> it's an inside wall. So I thought, well, maybe it's from the basement. But the basement was locked. The windows were locked and everything. So it went on and it, it kept getting louder and louder and it kept me awake at night. And finally, I just got up and rebuked it in the name of Jesus to leave me alone. And that seemed to help. So I went back to bed and went to sleep. Well, uh, time passed a little bit and I started walking in the woods and um, started reading more about Bigfoot and uh, just really interested in it. And I happened upon um, a tree structure. And it was uh, sort of like a teepee, but not really. Uh, and it was right at the edge of the creek. I didn't have to walk very far. I made a path from my yard uh, out into the woods along the creek. And I found this tree structure. Well, I took pictures of it and examined it and shared it with people. And they, they seemed to agree that, you know, that's what it looked like it was. So I started noticing footprints along the river, uh, the Bachelet Creek down here. And uh, some of them had toes, some of them didn't. Some of them were huge and some of them weren't. But I'm, I'm a farm girl, so I'm familiar with all kinds of animals and creatures and things. So um, I, I knew what a coyote's footprint and a wildcat and a, a wolf and, um, you know, deer and muskrat and raccoon, whatever. I know all those. But this looked more like human. But they were mm. so big and they were so deep that they were there'd be like one or two and then there wouldn't be any. But they'd be right at the edge of the creek, like probably a walk in the creek and maybe a by accident walked out. So I I uh, kept note of everything. I've got a little book and it's called Bigfoot Wildlife Journal. So I've journaled oh, nice. everything. And uh, then that that fall, um, things got a little bit quieter. But I continued to walk in the woods and I decided I'd go farther back in the woods. Well, when I got back in there, I walked probably anywhere from a quarter to half a mile back in there. There's 300 acres of uh, just woodland behind me. No houses or anything. Neighbors um, 50 yards from the house in another direction. But back in this area of the woods there wasn't anything so i noticed all kinds of of uh, structures back there anywhere from like a rainbow structure trees uh looked like they were broken off and twisted oh wow and, and um so i started documenting all that stuff and taking pictures and uh, i never was afraid to be out in there and uh, i still am not even though i've encountered a lot of things um, another thing that happened to me, I was upset about something one day and I was talking to one of my girlfriends on the phone and it was getting dark and it was starting to rain. And I was sitting on my front porch uh, by a table on a, in a chair uh, on my deck 
and the rain was coming down and it was probably 10 o'clock at night and uh, all of a sudden something was thrown in my direction there's a road that goes up past my house uh, to get out of where I live there's one more house clear at the end of my road but it's on a kind of a steep incline so those people across the road are working individuals they don't have young children uh they're in their 50s and then uh on the other side they had teenagers and and it you know they they weren't out and it was raining so i'll show you what i've got i weighed it this is what was thrown at me it's a hunk of oh. uh, like <laughs> this made quite a sound when it hit the hit the gravel road it I would imagine two, almost two pounds. Okay. Yeah, so, solid stone. Yeah, it's like oh is that like part of the road? Yeah, but my road out front is gravel. There's none okay. of this stuff. There's none of this stuff. And it just come flying. I saw it coming because I had a, a um a light on out there where I could see things, what was happening. And here come this this chunk of stuff across the road. So I hung up and immediately went out and grabbed it. And I said, who's up there throwing stuff? I took a flashlight. There's nobody out there in those woods. No one. So uh, let's see. That that next morning, I went out. And on I had like a welcome mat out there. And on the welcome mat was about the same size as this thing, which I would say probably five inches around and maybe about i don't know but there was a chunk of uh like green moss you know like you find when you're out in the in the woods it oh, was yeah. like right, right when i stepped out on onto my uh, deck there was that big hunk of green moss so i started things started adding up somebody told me one time you know one or two things that you know you kind of can sh uh shrug it off but when you start having uh all this stuff then and, and you keep it all together and you keep track of it then you start to understand that there's more to it right um, so i felt that go ahead i'm sorry oh no it's all right uh, i was just curious you think the 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 moss the chunk of moss might have been like a gift of some sort i think it knew it frightened me and uh so i you know I thanked him for it. I it was daylight. I just said thank you, and I brought it in the house and kept it. Then I started going out in the evening and sitting in the swing on the porch and listening. Uh, I started hearing um, grunts and uh, sort of growls, and then the coyotes got, you know, they'd get stirred up. But right at the end of the coyotes, I would hear. Uh, something that I could tell wasn't a coyote. Like I said, I've been around coyotes 50 some years and, and I knew that's what I wasn't hearing. So uh, um, then I heard what sounded like cows, like, um, you know, I had cattle for years and I've heard I had a bull and I knew when the bull would bellow what it sounded like. This was sounded like something, uh, imitating and then i thought well that's weird but then i'd hear it in all four directions oh wow um, yeah north south 
you know, mm-hmm. there's no cattle around here for three or four miles, probably or more. I can't, I can't honestly tell you where there are any cattle, but it sounded like it was in my backyard. And so I'd, I'd go down with a flashlight and look around, you know, and uh, the thing is, it's really strange because I've encountered so much stuff in my lifetime. Nothing scares me anymore. Um, only thing that scares me is the thought of maybe dog man being out there. I don't right. want to see that thing. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, things start heating up. Uh, here, uh, tree knocks, and then mm. one uh, that following autumn, um, a horrible smell came in the window. And you know, like I said, I'm around uh, all kinds of wildlife. It it wasn't skunk. I know what the skunk is, and it wasn't deer musk. Um, I've like I said, I lived on a 52 acre farm, and I I know what it what when deer are in rut and stuff. That smell that they have wasn't that. So um, it it just went sort of like it was walking by the window, and um, I smelled it, and then it was gone. And anybody knows that if they've run over a skunk or been in the area where a skunk is, that keeps that that doesn't dissipate that easily. So I went outside and I heard a whistle, and uh, it was coming from the western woods. So I thought, you know, I've got to go down in those woods and see what's down in there. So at the time, I had a little chihuahua, and we walked down in there and. By golly, I found um, the trees, the structures, um, and I heard strange noises. Um, it's a perfect area down in there. And then there's another area that I, uh, my neighbors that live further out, they would occasionally take a, make a path. And they're, they're older, they both work. And uh, they made a path through the woods with their four-wheeler. Well, they, they don't ride that anymore, but uh, a few years ago, they had ridden it some and kept it, the weeds down. And I went up there, and there was the biggest rainbow, you know what I mean, by the bow of the tree. Oh, yeah. Held down, oh, yeah. Held down with other trees. There was one tree up there that uh, it was way up. I would say... 12 to 15 feet up and it was balanced you couldn't see where that thing broke off it was just placed up there and uh, there's it's kind of a deep woods so um time went by and uh 2018 i decided to go a friend and a friend came down and he and i went out in the woods we're walking along and I said, look at that thing up in the tree. There was a, a tree about, oh, I suppose the tree's 15 feet tall. It was about um, maybe 20 inches in circumference. And it was, it was kind of a like an elm or something. I don't know what it was exactly. But there was a deer skull. Oh. It was up on the top of that tree. Really? Wow. Yeah, I've got it here. I can show you if you'd like. Now, was did the deer skull appear to be wedged or just? It was placed up there. 
Oh, wow. Like, how high up would you say? About eight feet. Okay. Wow. Can you see this thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it very clear. Yeah. So, I decided. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That's I'm very awesome. Home. I'm just going to leave that skull there. So, we went okay. home. And then he went home. And, and, and he called me about three in the afternoon. He said, why don't you go out there and get that deer skull? And I thought, well, you know, it's daylight. I'll do that. So I went out there with a, a great big uh, hiking stick and a Walmart bag. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went out there and I poked around and I got it in the eye socket. <laughs> big old eye socket. And I thought, perfect. So I pushed up and it came right down and I grabbed it. And I'm thinking, you know, man, I don't know. So I thought I'm gonna take it home anyway. So I, I put it down in my Walmart bag and I start off. Well, I am probably an eighth of a mile back in the woods by myself. It's the middle of the afternoon, but there's um those woods are dark and deep. <laughs> and there were a lot of multiflora rose and a lot of honeysuckle. So I'm like, well, if Bigfoot put it there, it must want me to have it because it knew that I walked out there uh, just about every day. I'd go out there and there was nobody else around out in there. So I'm like, I'm just going to take it. So I took it. And I turn left and think I'm going to go down Badgley Creek. I'm just going to walk the creek back back instead of the path. And I turn wow. and I walk maybe a yard and I hear something right in front of me about 10 feet away is a group of uh, multiflora rose. Now, if you live in the country, you know what multiflora rose is. It's just it just grows wild and it grows tall. And I thought, what is that noise? I listen. And it, what it sounded like was wild pigs. Oh, wow. I, it was like, where are you? And I'm like, all I could think of was like when I was a kid, I watched Old Yeller and the oh, wild pigs. Yeah. The wild pigs right. got Old Yeller, and it just sounded like I'm fighting. And I and I had just read not too long ago that that they were making a comeback in West Virginia, and I'm like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm gonna have rabies. <laughs> so I, was, I had that. I I thought I'm still taking my skull, whatever it is. It, I'll just throw it at them if they're coming after me. So I stood there a minute and I thought that sounded like that, what they call the samurai chatter. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there were two yeah. of them and they were talking back and forth that. And I thought that sounded like two of them fighting. And I thought, oh, I got that one skull. <laughs> and wow. it's mad. But one of them got really gruff at the other one. And I still couldn't see anything. And I was looking, trying to see, and I, I was frozen. I couldn't move. And I've told people I'm just like my feet wouldn't go anywhere. I was just standing there in the middle of the woods, holding that bag, listening to those things fight. And next thing I know, one of them's walking away, screaming that rah. 
And I'm like, oh, God, I'm dead. So that wow. time I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to walk over to the creek and I'm going to sit down on a rock, lean against a tree because they tell you it doesn't do any good to run. It just doesn't do any good to run. Um, I mean, they could catch you in a minute if they wanted to. And if, oh, they, yeah. wanted, and if they wanted to hurt me, they would have. So I went over. I, but, yeah. mm -hmm. I put my feet in a creek and I sat there and I dropped it. And it went out of uh, the sack. And I'm still hearing one of them screaming. But then I didn't hear anything. And I sort of, I'm part Native American. It's far back. But I thought, you know, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to chant. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I, hey. I was like, I'm not making hey. fun. Trust me. That was oh, like, I'm going to say something and maybe they'll understand it. I've done the same thing when I'm out in the woods camping. If I'm by myself, sometimes I've done that by myself, and it's actually kind of relaxing, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> so, but hey, I want to interrupt you also again. I don't know if you can see the question on on the screen. Uh, one of our viewers is asking, "Did Linda not see the rest of the deer skeleton anywhere when she found the skull?" Oh no, not this time. But there's another time. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Anyway, okay. I, I started walking back to the creek and I made it back to the house. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with this skull now? So um, I just, I hung it. I've got a veranda that over overhangs the back back here. But no, there were no other bones there but that. All that was there was that, I mean, if somebody put it up there, why would they put it up there? It's a nice deer skull. It's a one, exactly. two, three. It's a... Uh, eight point buck, I think. Okay. So um, anyway, that was the end of that one. Well, let's see. Um, just this past summer, I went out there and uh, I hadn't been going in that area very much. But, you know, I, I continued to find more and more um, structures and hearing more and more things. And then I had a dream. And I've heard other people say that they, well, I have, uh, I have dreams that come through and stuff. But this one, uh, there was a, a young couple. And they decided they were going to build a, a house up here behind us in the woods. So they were, they had it cleared off. And I thought, I'm going to walk up there and see what I can see. And I looked at it and stuff. And I came back down and got ready and went to bed and I dreamed uh, I heard a big male Bigfoot coming toward me and I was I sat down I thought I can't do it I can't run I'm just gonna sit down and I sat down it was so real and he walked up to me and he said uh, like where is everybody else at and I said I'm, I'm, it was like in my, it was like telepathically. And I said, I'm here by myself. And I, I said, uh, what's your name? And he said his name was Ashtor. I know all this hmm. sounds, this sounds crazy, but no, you know, that's, that's how life is, isn't it? No, and, that's very fascinating. I'm actually intrigued on this. So please yeah, keep going. But <laughs> then, Another one came and it was a smaller one and it was female. 
And I said, is that your woman? And he said, yeah, her name is Vera Meg. And I said, okay. And I looked and there were two smaller ones looking around a tree. And then I woke up with a start and I thought, my God, that just, that was just, that was crazy. Uh, so uh, not too long ago, I went back out in the woods in another area. And I found, this time, I found almost the entire skeleton. Now, usually when a deer dies, uh, it, and you can Google it and find it, they don't last very long in the woods. Um, no, they don't, no. You see those maggots going after it, you know, and flies and stuff. And oh, yeah. I think it's like a week and it's gone. Yep, about a week, yep. So I thought, man, that's weird. And it was right below where that I found that other skull, right below that tree. So I thought, I'm going to go back out there in a couple weeks, and I'm going to see if that's gone. Well, all the bones were gone except the skull. Look at this baby. <laughs> Can you see oh, it? Yeah, I'll put you up on uh let me put you up on the big screen. There we go. Yeah, you might have to bring it more to the center there. There yeah, he is. there we go. Yeah. Isn't that now, what's that? <laughs> of, is that the eight, yeah, eight pointer? Yeah. This one, two, three. Yeah, this is eight point. Hmm. Yeah, this is eight point. There it is. And uh, so I'm like. I I thought I'm going to take it and see if they come after me again, but, <laughs> but they didn't. But they continued to, um, continued to let me know that they were around. Um, my son Chris, he came up from uh, Texas uh, during COVID, and and he lives here now with me. I'm not by myself anymore. But uh, one night we were out on the porch listening for things and we heard these owls, what we thought were owls, but it sounded fake. And they were like, there was like four of them that came right to the house and it was dark and we couldn't see them. But they were out there for quite a while. And then one went north, one went south, one went east, and one went west. And they hooted for a while and then that was it. So hmm. um, then fast forward a little bit till this past April, I think it was my granddaughter, Meredith, who is 13. She'll be 14 soon. Uh, she was out here staying with us. And um, oh, Chris went outside to take the dog for a walk. And it was about six o'clock, but it, it was still getting dark. And Meredith went out with him. Well, um, they heard some weird noises down in the woods and uh, Meredith got cold. So she came in and I was in here running the sweeper and picking up and stuff. So we were going to watch TV and she was in here with me. And Chris came in and he said he heard bam, 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 did it like six times. We had an old utility trailer down here in our back. 
our house is like three stories and there's nothing in the back except windows and and then on one end is a veranda and uh, a porch so I, I said i didn't hear anything i was running this weeper and meredith was sitting in here and and he said it's like somebody took a a great big hammer or something was banging on that metal and i said well i don't know what it was probably those creatures and uh, up to that point i don't think he'd heard very much had you and then um we started hearing things knocking on the wall outside and it started out uh like on the west end of the house and which is up about 15 feet bam and then we'd hear another one over here on the south end bam and that's even higher that's probably 25 feet up and then uh, in the kitchen there bam and that went on for several hours um he called the police you know and they came down they took flashlight shone around and left but then it it continued and uh, i said i'm gonna uh, take meredith downstairs and see that she goes to sleep well she didn't want to sleep herself and i said well you can stay in my room and uh before we did that it hit again bam chris goes in the bedroom and gets a sword <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna banish him with a sword and uh, uh i'm sitting there it's like welcome to my world america's <laughs> like i'm scared and i said don't you know just don't worry about it they if they wanted to get in they'd come in the police didn't see anything but they continued till i don't know meredith and i went to bed and i shut the bedroom door and it's on the southwest side of the house, down one story. And I locked the door and we heard it bang right above my bedroom door. And it was like they knew where we were. And she said, I'm scared. And I said, just go sleep, forget about it. I said, Any, isn't anybody, I've got my phone, I'll call the police if I have to, it's nothing. And Chris, he goes to bed upstairs here in his room. Then all of a sudden, uh, Meredith was all cuddled up there and, and scared and it sounded like somebody took a handful of rocks and threw it on the inside of the closed bedroom door and it just like shattered against it. I said, that's it. I'm done. So I turned the light on. I come up and I got Chris and he came downstairs for a little bit. Meredith fell asleep. He fell asleep. So I came upstairs and sat in the chair. That was three o'clock in the morning and that hmm. was so they've calmed down for a while but this uh they're starting that in the fall it seems to pick up i don't know whether they and i continue to see um barefoot in the snow prance on the porch i've seen uh took the dog a walk and this is the only time i saw it up our road i suppose it's probably I don't know, an eighth of a mile straight up to where uh, you have to take our um, garbage for the collection. Everybody puts their stuff up there to a big bin. It was dark. It was 10 o'clock at night. I'm walking up this road. 
I've got a flashlight, but I turned it off. It, it was kind of moonlight, so it was nice. It was quiet. And we're walking up there. She stops. My dog stops. I'm like, what's the matter, Phoebe? She won't go any further. I look up to see what she's, and I continue to walk up the road. I see that thing walk from left to right behind the trash barrel through the trees. The backlight hits it, and I can make out its silhouette. So that next day, I call the neighbors and ask them if they were out there. No, nobody, nobody. What I saw the next day when I went up there was everything where I thought it had walked. All the brush was kind of brushed down, and uh, I looked about where it walked, and I would estimate that thing to be between 9 and 10 feet tall. So mm. that's the only time I saw it, but I know it's out there. I believe in them, and that's my story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> So, yeah, as far you said, you believe uh, you estimated it to be nine to ten feet tall. Uh, mm -hmm. What time? What time of day or evening was this? This is ten o'clock at night. Ten fifteen at night. It was okay. dark. It was dark, but the moon shone a little bit. It was like behind the clouds, but yet it it lit up the area, and the oh, area yeah. area where I saw it, it was just a good silhouette. I was probably. 30 yards from it. Okay. 25 to 30 yards from it. Good enough that I could see head and shoulders and, uh, you know, make out that it was a, a, a live thing walking. There wasn't a deer, you know, oh, I could yeah. see the head and the arms going and, and it just walked on the other side of the tree line, which was behind where uh, the trash bin is. It walked, the trash bin is probably, I don't know, five or six feet wide and three feet tall. And it was behind that. There was a little bit of area and then a tree line. And it was walking from right to left. And I watched it just walked. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But my dog would not go. She knew it was up there. And, uh, oh, hmm. So that's, that's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, regardless day or night, if you get a vision of them, there's no denying when you see them. I mean, uh, trust me. And, and you were talking about the moonlight at nighttime. I've been out in the woods mm -hmm. numerous times, you know, you know, day and night, hiking, camping, whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, when the moon's out, even if there's a slight overcast or there's clouds up there, I know how the, the moon illuminates the area, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, there is a question for you. Uh, Susan wants to know if you ever gifted them anything. Yes, apples. Apples, okay. Numerous times, and uh, I took a like um, what do you get? Ice cream in those plastic containers that have the little handle on it, and right, I would yeah. in that and put it up high, and they'd be gone. And mm. then I had a tree. I called it the gifting tree. And I put bottles of water and uh, a ball out there one time. And I think I took it a sandwich one time and a piece of pie. <laughs> but then, oh. uh, tried to catch them on film. There's no way. Uh, 
they seem to know when I had the camera out front, I get raccoons and, you know, possums and that kind of thing. But uh, it, they just come to the house. But uh, where I gifted was a pie. And uh, I'd tie a string on apples sometime and put them way up. And, uh, but yeah, they will take stuff. And like I said, that one time they brought me that, that beautiful hunk of moss. Yeah, that was interesting for sure. Because the moss ain't gonna fall from the, uh, you know, fall from the sky. You know, it was definitely intentionally placed there. That's for sure. So, yeah. But uh, what would you say is your scariest experience ever? You mean with the Bigfoot? Yeah. Or yeah, if there was anything else, or yeah, Bigfoot or anything for that matter. Oh. Chris reminded me of the one time that um, another uh, friend of ours from the Round Town UFO Society, Cameron Jones. Now he mm -hmm. does talks on uh, Mothman and Bigfoot and UFOs. He came down and stayed, and we walked out the road uh, to the west from the house to the west to my left, out that way. Uh, and uh, Cameron and I were standing in the road and I, I walked out the path and uh, I didn't have a light or anything. And I just walked out the path and he said, Linda. And I said, yeah. And he said, where are you? And I said, I'm out here. And he said, you didn't just walk around me. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he was freaking out. And he came back, we came back and he said, I'm, I'm going downstairs. I said, just leave all the lights on. He said, I, I just, it makes me uneasy. And I said, well, uh, we went on the veranda one more time. It's about 1130 at night. And I said, I'm going to knock on the table and see if we <laughs> get any answers. And I went, knock, knock, knock. And something down on the trees went, knock, knock, knock. And he said, that's oh. it. I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, wow. So no, that's awesome, though. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And that was just maybe 25 feet from where we were. But it was dark and you couldn't see anything. But yeah, I find it I find it very exciting if you get a response. I mean, I get responses on occasions. It's, it's, I mean, one thing I've learned, responses are not guaranteed to happen. But when they do, you're thankful for them and you're, it, it excites you. I mean, because it's like something wants to interact with you, you know, so... You know, one absolutely. other time, um, I went, I took a walk and I got so far out in the woods on, uh, let's see, on the eastern side. I walked a creek and uh, I walked up over the hill and it was getting late. I thought, oh, it's getting dark. I've, I've got to go. Well, when you're in the woods and you know this, when you're in the woods, it gets dark quick. It might not be dark out, you know, but if you're in the deep woods, it gets dark. So it was getting dark and uh, I started down over the hill and I got down to the creek and uh, I heard growling up to my left. Now, I can tell you what that was, but uh, it didn't sound good. So I got out of there quick, but I still growl. I, you know, it's not going to stop me. I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, and I feel I can feel. I'm an empath and I can feel when they're around and I think there's certain times a year that they're around 
maybe passing through even. But right. this time of year right now, this is a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't go in the woods uh, in November because of the deer season. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was just about to ask you, you got, you got a lot of hunters around the area that come in? Um, I've never seen one, but you oh, can okay. hear, you know, a gunshot will carry for quite a ways. You can right. hear them a couple miles, three or four, five miles away. You can hear it and it echoes through this valley here. And, uh, but I just, I just play it safe. I don't go down the woods when. Right. Yeah. Well, just out of curiosity, uh, uh, this question is, I've been kind of flooding in my mind here a little bit, but as far as having anyone, like, for example, I'll, I'll throw myself out there. Like, would yeah. you, would you welcome me to come down there sometime uh, with oh, a couple yeah, of my team sure. members? That'd be oh, okay. absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've yeah, got a I, big, isn't that okay? We've had, we have a big house. We have, uh, I have a bedroom downstairs and there's also uh, like a family room. It's got a king size bed in it and there's bunk beds. And then there's mm. the room upstairs here and we got couch and love seat. And uh, yeah, that's fine. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Where do you I'm live? A, Where do you I'm live in, in? Well, I'm not in West Virginia, but I'm actually in Virginia. I'm probably about three okay. hours from you. Yeah. I'm three yeah. to four hours, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, oh, well, we you, yeah, be great. Yeah, well, you said you're close to Parkersburg. I I don't know if I've been. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've been to Parkersburg. I've been to Peter, uh, Petersburg, West Virginia. I think mm -hmm. down by. Uh, mm -hmm. Wait, Parkersburg. Danny. Okay, no, you're close to uh, Ohio. I'm so I'm near the river. Yeah, uh, so you're probably about more around four hours, four and a half hours, which is not a bad drive. I mean, I've gone, I'm driving six to seven hours here this weekend to go to South Carolina. So, <laughs> uh, you go, you see, you would come up 77 probably and uh, right. to Route 50, and then it's we're real easy to find. Okay, well, of uh, course, I, I would be. I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want anybody else to hurt him, and I know oh. you, I read that what you, how you felt too that you were exactly, and you know that's how I am. I'm 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 real soft-hearted and tender-hearted, and I think they know that because uh, I think that's why they leave me alone, and I think absolutely, they mm -hmm. yeah. That's you know the main thing is you know a lot of people are like well you know there's some people out there like well why do you bother going to look for them I, it's it's not about trying to find them. I mean, there's maybe a small part of it. Yeah. But, uh, mm -hmm. me, I, any kind of experience that might teach me something. And then by me learning, I want to share what I learned. You know, that's how I am. My whole thing is about spreading awareness, you know, and, and, and a lot of people hear me say that a lot and they probably think, you know, I sound like a broken record to some people, but, you um, know, cause I use, yeah. I use that in presentation sometimes about spreading awareness, you know, um, you know, uh, some people's like, well, you know, they, they you think they need to be protected. Well, basically, they're protected on their own. But, um, but then again, there's a lot of other issues that people think about too. Which, like, what happens if they do become officially discovered? And then, well, I would I would think that they would have to be protected under legal law because uh, the forest is their home. It's just know? like and, eagles, eagles and hawks around here, and right. I don't. I mean, Osprey too, I think, but especially the eagles. Oh, they're just they're building along the river now, 
and it you know you see the eagle nest the the bald eagles mm -hmm. they're beautiful yeah and when oh, i was yeah. growing up there was nothing like that and now even seagulls and when i was a kid i was about oh i lived right on the riverbank um growing up and i never saw a seagull but now you see them when you get down to the river it's beautiful here along the high river where we live um, oh yeah i can we imagine live, we live out but we're close to town and you know the river and all the things that that you take advantage of and like i said we're about 45 minutes or so from point pleasant and uh, you know there's uh wheeling not too far away and uh if you're interested in the mounds moundsville and and different places there's a lot to see in this area but yeah, yeah i got a lot of forest yeah, I got a good friend of mine uh, who actually lives in West Virginia. I believe he's uh, he's located out of Morgantown. I believe uh, mm -hmm. you may you may know him, uh, Les Odell. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> okay, good deal. Yeah, Les is a great guy, mm -hmm. and I know he's done a research. He's done a study on mounds and stuff throughout West Virginia and in the surrounding general area. So, yeah, he, I know he's a, a little familiar with some of the mounds out there. So, yes, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, from Mor yes. mm -hmm. yeah, how far are you from Morgantown? Because I know that's about, a th uh, that's um, probably under four hours from me. Yeah, about two hours, Chris said. Okay. It's not, bad, it's not a bad drive, you know. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so we have another question from uh, the gentleman who asked earlier. I'm a, um, I don't know. I say gentleman. I don't even know if it's male or female, but they go by grinning owl. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> Wants to know if, uh, I wonder if anyone has ever gifted them a whistle or other items that make a noise or music. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I played the flute, uh, the Native American flute, and that seemed, they seemed to, uh, after that, then it picks up a little bit. Mm. Uh, and that's the only thing I know. Uh, I have had music on when I've been outside before and uh, but i've never had uh i never given them anything like that but that's a good idea that's something oh, that yeah. I, I have a whistle in there <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i never even thought about taking it for my own protection like i said i don't even think and i think that's why they if i don't take my phone it seems like i i can feel more around but i like to go and take pictures uh I figure I've caught him before and just don't yeah. know. Okay, very cool. And Grinning Isle, the one who asked that question, actually answered my question in regards to them uh, on their gender. They say, I sit down to pee. So their answer is that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Grinning Isle. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was the chief Indian and had to give you a name, I would have to call you Squat now. No, I just <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I like being goofy sometimes. So. <laughs> oh well, you have to be, you know. In the world we yeah. live in, you gotta find uh, you. You have to. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, as far as any kind of future investigations, uh, I would definitely, uh, I would talk to you more privately off off live, like more one on one. Um, well, yeah, because I've been working on scheduling some investigations. I have one uh, pretty much we can go at any time. It's just um, I'm waiting on 
my team uh, team members that are going to be going with me on one of these other ones. I got another one in West Virginia. Uh, a friend of mine wants me to investigate her property around her cabin, and um, and then um, Salt yeah, Fork. Depends on, Salt Fork. Was Salt Fork. Yeah, I've been there once. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there back in 2017, and I've been wanting to get back since. And of course, that was I attended the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Uh, but um, I did very little scouting around. Uh, we stayed in a cabin, and it was the woods around there was beautiful. So, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I have yet to really uh, get up there. And I mean, I, yeah, if I go up there again, yeah, I would attend the conference again. But I would try to spend a couple, at least, a, make sure I have a couple days to do some exploring. Um, Another I know, good area, Hocking Hills, Ohio, Old Man's oh, Cave. Yeah, that's another place because. I uh, I know I have some friends of mine that spoke at the conference up there um, that they had with um, B Mills that hosted that event. So I know yeah. B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was one of my speakers uh, this past June over here in Virginia at my event. So yeah, she's so. she's pretty awesome girl. Yeah, she is very cool. I, I was honored that she agreed to come down and be one of my speakers. So. And um, yeah, she did an amazing job. She's a great and gifted person. So yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know if you were because you you kind of before I had you on here, you seem a little familiar. Were you at the Sutton West Virginia event? Uh, the, yeah, the Sutton West Virginia Bigfoot Festival. If we didn't go to that, no, didn't we? Really bad. Uh, yeah, that's when. When it was raining. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, well, see, the speakers, we were actually inside. And, yeah, we were inside. We saw it did downpour real good. Luckily, it did at, pass. Is that the one at Sutton? Yeah. Downtown Sutton. Yeah. Now, do you know Ron Lanham? Uh, I, yes. I met him once. Yeah. I met oh, him he, once. Yeah. He said mm -hmm. that, that everybody had such a good time. Yeah, actually, surprisingly, despite the rain, um, the rain did kind of let up after a while, but, um, I was actually very surprised. Uh, it had a very large turnout considering the rain because the year before that, it was, oh my goodness, it was severely hot. The weather was miserable. Oh, I was I, I was there. Yeah, I, I got so hot. I mean, I was getting sick the year before, so. <laughs> but now we had rain, so. so uh, the um, Flatwoods Monster Museum and the Bigfoot Museum, they're both awesome. Yeah, both of those. Yeah, I've been to the Flatwoods Monster Museum and then uh, the Bigfoot Museum. I, you know, it was so crowded when I walked in there. I only got like the walk through the gift the gift shop area. I didn't Aww. actually get to go through. Yeah, it was crowded. <laughs> so I think Russell uh, Dell was the one that uh, he has a lot to do with the Bigfoot Museum. He has a lot of his his. Yeah, uh, he, he he's a big. Uh, yeah, he's a big contributor to that. He uh, donated a lot of stuff that's in that museum. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and that's only about a three, from my house, it's about a three and a half hour drive, like, west of, from where I'm at. I mean, there's a couple different ways I could go. Either way, it's about almost the same distance, but uh, it's a beautiful drive out there, that's for sure. So. <laughs> I think it's about yeah. two hours from here. Okay. Right, right across the state. And then you have to go down, and there's a kind of a, a jolt that you have to kind of go back up. But it's not a bad ride. It's pretty. It's beautiful over in there. Okay. I camped over there. 
that's another story long ago, um, probably about 2015. Uh, we took horses, a bunch of us, and uh, campers and tents, and a friend and my daughter and uh, her boys. And uh, those boys were so afraid because I was teasing them. I mean, it was dark, and I was, that that's before I moved out here and had all these experiences. But I was banging on trees, and and they were in bed in their tent, and, <laughs> and they had a machete and and lanterns <laughs> and stuff, and uh, and I got to laughing, and I went and sat down by the fire. I was the last one to go to bed, and uh, I heard a big old growl up on the hill and a knock. So I thought, oh, oh boy, and we were, oh, we were way out in a just a remote place. It wasn't even a camping area. We just pulled over and uh, by a stream oh, wow. so we were out where there was no one and our horses got loose and they took up all over the mountains <laughs> oh no <laughs> that was an experience uh I, when they come back i ask them if they saw bigfoot but they wouldn't wow. tell me <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah, yeah that that's the kind of camping i prefer to do is primitive yeah. you know i mean Camp, campgrounds are fun. They're nice. They're relaxing to a certain extent if you've got a family, you know, but, uh, but yeah, if you, man, I prefer like where I go camping, it's about a, almost an hour from me. And it's, uh, when you're out in the national forest where I camp is about five to six miles from the West Virginia line. And, mm-hmm. and it's just so relaxing because you, you know, yeah, sometimes certain times of year, you get a lot of people out there. Uh, but it's not a regular campground. It's basically anywhere you find an open area. You know, there's a lot of open areas where people sit, uh, pull in a camp. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so yeah, it's 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 all primitive. I mean, there the the, the lake that's in the area. Uh, the, as soon as you pull into the entrance, there is a Johnny. Uh, uh, I call it a national forest Johnny house. So, uh, you know, um, unless you prefer, you know, unless you use the bathroom out in the woods, but. Um, I've had to do that numerous times. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, unfortunately, every now and then, if you if you survey the camp areas that you pick, you'll see that some people just leave their mess out in the open instead of burying it or try to d- discard of it. But which is kind of disgusting. But you know, what are you going to do? Not much Bigfoot. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when was the last time you had any major experiences oh, out there? Uh, was it this morning? This morning, and oh. I heard heard the those uh, cattle noises, which I know they're not cattle. Um, last night. And last night he heard something when he went outside to walk the dog. Uh, oh. He said he heard wow. growling and carrying on, and I, like I said this morning, they were like, Ooh. And it's like okay. <laughs> But this is this is the time of year I think it picks up, and then over the winter it kind of settles down. And I don't, I think maybe they move somewhere where it's warmer, where there's caves or, you know, something. I think they travel through, and then mm-hmm. then about April it starts picking up again when there's you know the berries and fruit and different things where they can. But our neighbors have had all the apple tree was just loaded and the next morning every apple was gone oh so, wow you know so um they believe in them but you know uh they just they don't think about it <laughs> right no that's interesting yeah 
because I noted, you know, with what you said, the activity around those certain times of year. Um, yeah, it's like my experiences, you know, I've, I picked up over the years happen around, the, yeah, the early to mid spring or early to mid fall before, before it gets too cold, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is interesting. And then, of course, you know, yeah, they know when man moves in the forest, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, either back off or, or like if the food source moves, I believe they got to go where the food source goes, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. In the winter would be a good time if, if you could bundle up and go out, then you could find if they were there, if they weren't gone, you'd find food right. if there was snow, you know. And that's another thing. Two Christmases ago, uh, it was, we had a really heavy snow and it was Christmas morning and I just went out with my camera and I thought, I'm going to take some pictures. It was just beautiful. Everything was covered with snow. And um, it, a tree, we hear trees falling all the time, you know, and there's no wind. And this tree, and I know it was too big for uh, snow to have done it. it. It just, it fell across the road. And it was just like, a look up here, here I am. Bam, there it went. And, wow, but we hear trees fall all the time. Yeah, what's interesting was, uh, well, I just got back from camping the other day for a few days, but two weeks ago, a whole group of us were camping out. But uh, a couple of us got there two days earlier before the rest of the group showed up, and it was just a, it was a, it was like three of us just sitting there. Uh, I think it was around one. It was between one and three o'clock. And we're sitting there, uh, didn't have the fire going, but we're sitting out there around the, where the campfire pit is. And like I said, it's dead quiet, dead calm. We're just talking amongst ourselves. And all of a sudden, we hear this loud knock, then a crack, and we turn around, and we're, <laughs> we all see it over by the, uh, the creek bed where, you know, part of it was dried up. But right off the edge of the creek bed, we see this tree. <laughs> Look, I got up, like, what did that? You know, or... Then I got to think, okay, it might have been just one of those standing trees that were rotted, just waiting to fall, and it just finally decided to give away. But I felt like maybe there might have been something there that did it, but I never saw anything. But it, it's like I was excited. I said, all right, I saw a tree fall, yeah. but what did it? There was no wind, nothing whatsoever. So it was uh, kind of exciting, though. But regardless of if there was something there or not. But uh, now, I personally, and I don't judge anyone that does, but I don't believe in cloaking, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's your take on that? More and more, I'm turning towards um, uh, interdimensional. Is that what you call it? A creature, yeah, yeah. That, um, a creature that can come and go as it pleases through another dimension. And a few years ago, I would have never thought that. First, I started out thinking it was Gigantopithecus. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I thought, well, you know, I think if it was it, uh, there would be more, you would be more apt to see it. And um, I don't know. It has to have some way, either going underground, some way of getting out from when people are, but it disappears so quickly. Different times mm -hmm. I've been out in the woods, just like those ones that I felt like it was only about 10 or 15 feet away. 
And I've had something whoop at me too behind my pine tree over here. And I thought I can even look. And, and I, when I looked, I could hear something run into the forest, but it, there was nothing there. But I could hear the footsteps. So it's either cloaking, uh, uh, a real good way of, of having camouflage, uh, mm -hmm. just like deer. You could, there could be a deer real close to you when you're out in the woods. Unless it moves, you, you sometimes don't even see it. You're you absolutely right. That, mm -hmm. I've had that happen to me numerous times. Mm -hmm. Kind of startled yes. you. <laughs> yes. I've actually walked up on deer and I don't know. I mean, you think they should have been gone before I seen them or walked up on them. They should have heard me coming, but I've walked up on deer and give me a heart attack. Like, whoa, you know, but I, I, rec I can recall just like driving down the forest road and I would just stop. And all of a sudden I'm looking up in the woods up on a hill and also I'm staring there. I'm not seeing nothing but trees. And all of a sudden, yeah. one flicker of a tail or ear, then all of a sudden it becomes into focus. Like there's a whole bunch of them, one in a little cluster. Yeah, one you cluster. See there's the white tails going like that. Yeah. I said, yeah. wow. I mean, you know, so I know a lot of wildlife blend in naturally. Um, <laughs> and my my take on Bigfoot, and, you know, this is my, this is just my personal view and opinion, but just like uh, when primatologists like Jane Goodall, when they're in the jungles and they're observing these big mountain gorillas in their own natural environment, I mean, I know they could go behind the foliage that's 10 to 15 feet right in front of you. And they're like, even though they're still there, they're gone. You know? Right. Uh, Just kind of blend of, into it. Right. A lot of people believe they, they uh, the Bigfoots blend in and uh, could almost look like a tree if you, you know, if you don't know what you're looking for, you know, but um then again they've also been known as you know i'm sure you've heard it ninjas of the forest you know shadows of the forest you know they're like <clears throat> masters of stealth uh they have this master stealth ability you know uh where a lot of people say they're super fast you know um which i believe that but then again i haven't had that much experience to say how fast they really are you know um we have a neighbor over here and uh he doesn't live over here anymore but uh, when he lived over here, he had taxidermy shop. So he knew all the critters, you know, what they look like in the woods and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, he saw something about two miles from here, but it, it was running on all fours. Now, have you heard that they do that? He said it, I've heard it. it was just, mm -hmm. it was, it got down and ran on all fours. Now, I've heard... Uh not personally, not firsthand reports, but I've heard other stories along the, uh, throughout the years where a lot of people have seen them come out in the middle of the road on all fours and stand up and take off on two feet or the opposite. They'll walk, they'll come out on two feet and then get down on all fours and take off. Uh, mm -hmm. I've had, so I have heard of that a few times, but I haven't had no firsthand encounters or uh, direct reports from others. So that's why yeah. the way to escape real quickly behind trees and brush is just to get down and run on all fours right <laughs> absolutely i th i think it depends on what's faster for them what's more convenient you know what allows them to get out of the area faster i mean uh, i th i personally think going down on all fours could be a way of their way of ducking down and not being seen you know mm -hmm. you know you know the average human we see you know yeah, we're, I don't know, if we're deer hunting, yeah, we usually do look for something that's just below our, you know, 
just to uh, the above of our waist level or and mm -hmm. higher you know we're not we're not looking at the ground all the time like that we you know like we should be you know so uh, yeah. but so yeah absolutely uh bigfoot is a, an amazing being uh regardless of how you want to look at him you know he's very fascinating and i don't know if we'll ever fully learn and understand uh, about bigfoot but you know we could try and and most of our, our knowledge that we may have of bigfoot is based off our, our you know self exp experiences you know and how we also how we may perceive what we're experiencing as well so um uh tell you what we are getting ready to come to a close but i want to give you the floor um i always do this with every guest uh if there's anything you want to share or throw out there uh even if you want to promote something you're you're more than welcome to do so um yeah. so how about it, Linda? Well, uh, I, my life has always been like this from the time I was three years old. Um, the the best uh, knowledge that I can give to anybody to think about is to uh, embrace it. Um, I used to worry about people worrying about me being weird. When it comes, whether it's UFOs, Mothman, any kind of grifted, uh, I think we need to have like, um, we want to be like little children and learn all we can about it and try not to be afraid. So right. basically what, and uh, I sure thank you for having me on. It's been fun. Oh, absolutely. And I can't thank you enough for agreeing to come on. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I will definitely be in touch with you here in the near future. Um, see if we could, schedule something and work something out um okay. you know where we can both you know if it works with both of our schedules or whatnot so and everybody that's been watching tonight uh thank you guys for tuning in if you're new to watching this uh please subscribe uh, that way you can stay up to date on our next upcoming podcast when we do go live make sure you click that little bell icon and uh until next time ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you guys very much and keep it squatchy